3: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of superhero speak.
0: But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my heroes when I was a kid.
1: That is my fondest memory of it because when you when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care. You want you want to
3: strike emotions, and I knew that that Clone Saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine Pulp fiction starring Goofy and Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. <laughs> I'm no sure, one sure somebody's like that that. with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> what? Boy, <laughs> ale with cheese,
2: Yeah, <laughs> I can totally. See? I, I would, I would watch the hell out of that movie.
0: Yes, I gladly saw
1: sacrifice at my my progeny to you, mighty Marvel Beast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going. Hmm, it's my time.
3: Uh, <laughs> How do you measure success? Hey, everyone! You're listening to Superhero Speak. And I'm your host, Dave.
0: I'm annoyed. I mean, John. I'm JD, and okay. You're always okay. I'm pretty it's... mediocre. <laughs> so, mediocre.
3: Uh, so first off, let me apologize uh, for there not being a show last week. That was uh, mostly my fault.
0: Well, it was it, it was technical difficulties compounded by, like, my having to suddenly rush off to, to Connecticut and JD's getting stuff done before Thanksgiving and Basically it's holiday well, crazy. Well, you know, so
3: It's it's because uh I I was having technical difficulties, you had emergency run to Connecticut, JD actually was working.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I got
3: paid <laughs> for what I was doing. <laughs> I think that's a little more important than our nonsense. Uh so um so speaking of that, that means that the turkey day has come and gone since we all last spoke and uh how was everyone's Thanksgiving?
0: Pretty good, actually. Pretty yeah. good, yeah. Not 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 bad. Not bad. There was only like one one family crisis and uh, one major argument. So uh yeah, pretty good actually. Okay. Yeah, we we were crisisless. And uh, <gasps> the two year old was. <laughs> That 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 was karma coming back. <laughs> you, you, as you, might as well have, you might as well have said that you were two days from retirement, man. <laughs> no, you're no kidding.
1: Oh, no kidding. I just got just <laughs> I just Danny Glovered myself. Um, no, I gotta say the two year old was playing with his three and four year old cousins, so it was uh, it was a good day.
3: Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I had a I had a good Thanksgiving. You know, went to my mother in laws like I do every year. Had a big crowd and. My mother in law actually made two turkeys, so there was an insane amount of
1: food. But we all enjoyed ourselves. Mm, my uncle I does like that the, too.
0: I like the idea of a backup turkey.
1: <laughs> you my would. uncle does one turkey normal in the base in the, uh, in the oven, and then he puts another one on the grill, like just the breast, and grills a turkey, and it's freaking awesome. Yeah, Grilled turkey breast.
3: My my, my mother in law wasn't sure if there was enough. That's why, like. She had a 20 pounder and then she ended up getting a smaller one just in case. And you know, of course made both. Um, there was only half a turkey left. So <laughs> might have been a good move on her part.
1: <laughs> she knows the family.
3: Yes. Yeah. It's her, it's her Super Bowl, you know? She, she, she gets ready for it every year. It's the big event in our family. So.
0: Well well this year my sister did not wrap everything in bacon. So Uh-oh. I was kind of disappointed with I was about that. about to say, that just ruined it. <laughs> we had one year where everything smelled like bacon. When I went home and opened up my my uh my uh what do you call it, the luggage, everything all my old clothes smelled like bacon. <laughs> everything smelled like bacon. It was that bad oh,
1: or that good, you know. I think I'd rather smell bacon than eat bacon, but I mean, like the smell of bacon is phenomenal.
0: Oh yeah. Hmm.
3: I I'd, I'd like to do both, please. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I, I everyone had a good Thanksgiving. That's good to hear. Um. And uh, you're having fun in the snow,
1: JD. Yeah, we got hit with a blizzard in Chicago, and I bought a I bought a uh, <clears throat> snowblower. And it broke 15 minutes in. So after the show, I have to go back to Lowe's and return the snowblower and spend money on a real one. So not wait, that be, be a
0: cheap you, ass. You piece. bought one and it, it broke and now you have to go out and shovel? Oh,
1: that's not going to happen. I'm going to go get another <laughs> snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disadvantage to not living in the town you coach in. Because I can't oh. even get kids to come over and do it for me. I have to take care of this on my own. <laughs> Jeez. Sounds like bullshit, you
3: should, man. You sounds like you need to move. Oh, I'm trying. <laughs>
1: I'm working on it.
3: Uh Yeah. Nah. We had. uh We've only had one snowstorm so far this year, and uh it rained right afterwards. So there was really nothing to deal with. So we've been lucky, right, John?
0: Well, except for the fact that it's rained every week. Oh my god! It over has. the entire spring, summer, and now fall. I still have leaves on my freaking lawn, and I can't get them off because every time I think it's just about dry enough to go out, it rains again. My whole yard is literally quicksand. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I wonder what a snowblower would do to leaves.
3: Blow-
1: well, that's
0: the problem. I don't want to find out. <laughs> leaves on lawn.
1: Wasn't that a Walt Whitman
0: poem?
3: I believe so. <laughs> oh, believe.
1: Ha, 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 ha. <laughs>
3: Cool. So, uh, so
1: GD, do you have anything else you want
3: to tell our listeners?
1: As a matter of fact, I do. Last week, at, uh, after about two months of production, we finally came out with the audiobook version of my novel, Hawk Hollow, which is the original version, which can be read for free, available on our website, superheroespeak.com. And the, uh, the link for the, uh, the Audible or Amazon, or however you want to refer to it, audiobook version. Will be posted on our site. So if you want to, if you want to check that out, I'm actually really proud of it. The, uh, the narrator, um, Andre Chapoy, excuse me, <clears throat> dinner got stuff. Andre Chapoy did a fantastic job bringing our characters to life. And, um, it's a short, it's a short listen. It's only six hours, which is pretty short for an audiobook. Yeah. So I mean, it's something, uh, it's something pretty cool. Maybe looking for something on, uh, for that cyber Monday week, you know, maybe looking for something for the holidays, something to gift to somebody. May I recommend an audible subscription? And a good book. There you go.
3: Yes. And definitely the uh, link will be in the description of the episode. So make sure you guys go check it out. And, uh, and speaking of that, I just want to make sure, um, cause you know, everyone's episode might be their first episode. Um, don't forget to check us out every, uh, week at superheroespeak.com. Uh, every day check us out because we've been having daily updates from uh, comic book nostalgia. They do a this day in comic book history every day video that is posted to our website. And, uh, also you can check us out on so- social media at superhero speak on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, uh, facebook.com forward slash superhero speak. Uh, and please join the conversation because we love talking to you guys. It's it's, it's the highlight of my week. Um, it's getting better. <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of that, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about our social media, uh, interactions this week. Well, for over the last two weeks, um, starting with some of the reactions we had from our last episode, which was our tribute to Stan Lee. And, uh, uh, the first one got a private message from a Timothy Jones, uh, on, on, uh, Twitter. And, uh, he said he listened to our podcast today on Stan Lee. I just wanted to say thank you. It was some amazing stories and insight. I had a note from him when I sent in some drawings when I was a kid. I'm 52. (coughs) He was very encouraging. Now I'm doing a self-syndicated comic strip. I wonder if it was his push uh, to do what what you love that kept me going all these years. I gotta find that note. (laughs) So... That's pretty cool. Yeah. So thank you, Timothy. We appreciate the feedback. Um, and then we had, I think,
0: okay. I, I think Stan Lee is like one of the, one of the, one of the few people I know that actually understood what a small push at the right time could mean to somebody for the rest of their life.
3: Yes. Um, we had Douglas Ather, Atherton. I hope I'm saying that right. Also on Twitter, he, uh, he's at walking dead art one on Twitter. Um, he said it was such a great tribute. Stanley was a light that will never fade. He was, and forever will be, an inspiration to so many. My tribute art I did in his honor and memory. He is a true beacon of light, life, and creativity. Who will always be remembered. And uh, he included a picture that he drew of Stan. Um, it says Stanley 1922 to 2018, and always a marvel. And there's the icons for many of the Marvel characters around him. And, uh, we will also include that piece of art in the description of the episode. So check it out. And, uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Douglas. So, so yeah, I mean, that, like, that was things to me, the best part, and not, not there's any good part of Stanley's passing, but the best part of sharing our thoughts and stories is that then people share back with us. So we do appreciate that. Um, and, uh, see what's, what, what else do we have here? Oh we had uh we had talked about Shazam and uh how excited JD is for it. I'm, I'm digging it. Up. Uh we talked about that fan poster and uh Oh yeah, you said I'm pumped. I'm that good. was your reply on Twitter. Uh Twas. Uh Carl Shinyama? Uh S A Y
0: A M A. We're just sorry.
3: Shinyama. Carl Shinyama, uh, said, that's how I've always wanted to feel watching a Captain Marvel movie. And, uh, Sylvester Williams, uh, said that it was so cute, the the fan poster that we tweeted out. So, um, actually, Comic Book Nostalgia tweeted out, but, uh, we, we did
1: talk about it, so. Like I said, as a father of a two year old, looking at this makes me incredible really happy that someone's actually going to the trouble to make a superhero movie that's going to appeal to kids. Right. Mm. What a crazy idea. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Crazy talk. It's re- revolutionary. It's just... Superheroes need to be talking about murder! <laughs> We're well, Sorry, I read... I was looking at Heroes in Christ. Spoilers.
3: Uh. <laughs> uh, so something else that we've been doing is uh, when people give us shoutouts um, or, or reply to our, uh, stuff on Twitter and, and give us shout outs and whatnot. You know, then we do a, a thank you tweet, uh, as we're promoting the show. And, uh, so people have, are appreciative of it. Uh, Joshua DeFalco, uh, thanks for reading my tweet. Really digging the show guys and love the laid back nature of the podcast. Are we a little too laid back? I don't know, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm leaning back right now. I mean. <laughs>
1: We can get we can get more intense. Darkness, yeah, <laughs> darkness, dead parents.
3: <laughs> uh, Lillian uh. Sue, said, appreciate the shout out. Uh, hashtag nerd brethren, thanks for the support as always.
0: Anytime,
3: <laughs> so J Diane Dotson, uh, thank you. It's somehow fitting that my name is garbled when it comes to anything name
0: or. Name more. LOL. <laughs> 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 uh. We hear Superheroes speak, do like very bad jokes? Yes. Do you, you listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, Captain,
3: uh, comic book nostalgia, um, uh, totally dove into some speculation on the Captain America front. Did we really do that? Uh, and that's when he, First, posted, uh, his video about basically the same theory that we had that the mini series with Falcon and, um, Winter Soldiers should be kind of a, you know, them competing for the shield. And. The battle for the shield, if you will. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, so he really enjoyed that episode. Like, you know, that's when we said we should team up. And he tweeted the super friends shaking hands, so. <laughs> Uh the internet's a lovely place, I think.
0: Lovely
1: yeah. is not the word I would use, but it's a place. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um alright, and then so then finally I'm gonna just uh talk about this next thing, which leads into our first news item. Uh so we had tweeted out that we to bear be or speak would like to state for the record that Bill Maher is an ass That is all. uh um, word <laughs> And Bishop Man at Bishop Man sixty nine uh, replied, "True story." Mark uh, from Nation of Nerds at uh, tweeted a picture of Medea saying, "Hell to the yeah." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and superhero pole uh, plus uh, tweeted at us a gif of Stan Lee saying, "Enough said." So he's a boner. <laughs>
0: Do, do we need to explain
3: what he did though?
0: Shouldn't we explain that? He, that?
3: Yes, we're going to explain that. Of it's on, course. It, it's, it's on the list, dude.
1: <laughs> did, do you read the emails I sent? I'm cybering <laughs> Monday. So, as usual, as usual, no. So.
3: I
0: have an excuse. I'm trying to spend the rest of my next paycheck.
3: <laughs> His next paycheck. I love that. Um, so <laughs> for those who, Aren't aware? Um, <clears throat> if you're a fan of the show, I'm sure you've heard this news by now. Uh, Bill Maher um, decided on the Saturday after Stanley passed away to post a little blog on his website, um, yeah, where basically he belittled Stanley's contribution to the world, said he sits ridiculous uh, for him, and that. Uh, that America, and, uh, adults, become, adults shouldn't be reading this uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Pe- people who read comic books are stupid. They're how many billions of dollars did more again? Um, well, well,
1: how how stupid does was, it make them? But, but that would <laughs> be re- That's just re- That actually, you want to be a cynical. That's reinforcing his point, which uh, is wrong. So, so, yeah. so, so,
3: of course, there was a huge backlash on social media over this of people. uh Saying things about Bill Maher and basically saying Um You know, a billion people were sad when Stanley passed away and, and uh how many people are gonna be upset when you go and things like that. Um Not one. Uh Pal Entertainment, which is Stanley's company, uh did issue a uh official statement on this. Uh Mr. Maher, comic books, like all literature, are storytelling devices. When written well, by great creators such as Stanley, they make us feel, make us think, and teach us lessons that hopefully make us better human beings. One lesson Stan taught so many of us was that tolerance and respect, and thanks to that message, we are grateful that we can say you have a right to your opinion that comics are childish and unsophisticated. Many said the same about Dickens, Steinbeck, Melville, and even Shakespeare. He's right. But to say that Stan Lee merely inspired people to watch a movie, in our opinion, frankly disgust in our opinion, frankly disgusting, countless people have a can attest to how Stan inspired them to read, taught them that they would not be not oof. Pardon me.
0: Taught You them are just them, killing us.
3: <laughs> taught them that the world is not made up of absolutes, that heroes can have flaws. And even villains can show humanity with their souls. He gave us the X-Men, Black Panther, Spider-Man, and many other heroes and stories that offered hope to those who left different and bullied, who felt different and bullied, while inspiring countless to be creative and dream of great things to come. These are but a few of the things that the fans of Stanley also consider adulting. Because life, both as child and grown up, can indeed be a struggle. Stan is the author of millions of happy childhood memories and the provider of so many of the positive tools of adulthood. Our shock at your comments makes us want to say, enough said, Bill. But instead, we will rely on another Stan's lessons to remind you that that you have the powerful platform, so please remember, with great power there must also come great responsibility. It's well written. Um, Like, right, right. So, so you would think it would have ended there, right? No. Oh
0: God! No. This is one of those times when it just don't beat the troll he, because I think Swiftmore is doing. He's like he saw that as as a way to make himself relevant again because he's been kind of tearing over the edge of of, of basically just fading into obscurity, and and now he's found a way to make it all about him and you know, derive a lot more uh, so a lot more interest in him again.
3: What I found interesting is then over. Uh, the past weekend, he was on uh, Larry King now. And, yeah. and he basically, and now, here's what's interesting. This is what he says to Larry King. I'm agnostic on Stan Lee. I don't read comic books. I didn't even read them when I was a child. So, number one, he, he doesn't know anything about it. In, in his initial <laughs> statement, he did say that he read them as a child and then grew up and stopped reading them. So,
1: where's the lie coming?
3: Either he read them as a kid or he didn't.
1: He could have, uh, I don't think, I I think he could have, like, perused them slightly as a child and never been a fan, you know, and it's clearly he's not a fan of comics. He probably looked at them a couple times, Um, you know. True. And then, uh, and then it was like, okay, so
3: then if you're not a fan of the medium, you don't, never read the books, you don't uh, watch the movies, which I'm going to get to that in a second.
1: Dave, is the world ending outside your
3: door? No, no. (laughs) Unfortunately, I live near a fire station and a hospital, and I'm on a major road, so when something's going
1: on, they all drive by my house. Um, I felt like it was setting the mood really well, and then then it just kept going. I'm like, oh my god, is he in trouble? Well, this really does
0: sound like a dumpster fire, so, you know. Well
1: played, well
3: played. Um, So, where was I? Okay. So, so he's not a fan of the medium. So it kind of makes me sit there and go, well, "If you don't understand because you're not a fan of the medium, what the fans are going through, why do you make feel the need to make the comment?" I think John hit the nail on the head. It's like he's looking for a way to get his name, you know, in
1: the news again. And Bill Maher has a unique ability to make everything about him. Like it has kind of been one of the cornerstones of his career. Like he loves to sit there and 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 talk about how he was persecuted in nine eleven because he was the only guy that really lost his job because he uh, he had the courage to speak out. He's just a dick. Like he's you know me out now out liberal, but Bill Maher is everything that like is the is the personification of everything that people hate about liberals. And I can go yeah okay if you judge us based on that guy. I'm- <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. That is just like, like, yeah. And like I posted this thing on my Facebook today about uh Dave. There was some discussion between Dave and friend of the show, Steve Ekstrom, um, about, about baby boomers and the baby boomer mentality. And I kind of say this because like I see this here, right? Like Mar is such a selfish, self-indulgent prick that he can't find a way to understand how anybody else could feel about something. So rather than try to make it about them understand and have some empathy, no, it's about me. How does this affect me? Oh, it doesn't affect me, then you're all stupid. You should die. Like, that's just his attitude about everything. And, you know, it's, it is. He's, he, he's washed away on HBO where no one cares about him anymore. He lost his fastball and they had to bring in John Oliver. So, I mean, it's, I'm so, I'm so over this dude.
3: Well, also, does everyone forget that? He had a cameo in an Iron Man movie?
1: Oh, he likes cash and checks. Like, yeah. that's
3: what also gets me, too, is that, like, you made money off of one of his creations by doing a cameo in the movie, and now you're going to crap on him? Like, Oh, well, if you get
1: if you get paid for it, then obviously that's okay. no, and... Well, and the problem is, is that he's such a cynical jerk that there's no—I believe he's one of those kids that was, like, 30 when he was, like, 10. You know, I don't believe that that Bill Maher had a um a happy childhood. You know, where he, he had this sense of wonderment as a child. Like it just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He, he's such a cynical prick that I completely believe that he didn't find anything identifiable about comics. You know, yeah. like he doesn't. He just seems like a smug jerk who didn't. Who does a lot of us? A lot of us who enjoy this stuff love our childhood. Like despite all of its all of its all of our you know all of our childhood foibles. We love being a child, and we get to experience that love again as parents. Here you have a guy. I don't think Bill Maher has kids. Like, I don't think he really liked being a child all that much. So, I mean, I don't think he possesses a, that childlike sense of wonderment to even find comics as a kid, let alone discover rediscover them as an adult and see what the medium is capable of producing. Right. So he <laughs> just – He just goes back to like those 1960s articles that everything has to start with bam and zip and, you know, like he just doesn't, he just doesn't understand the medium, you know? And I'm glad that nobody's giving him a pass on this. And I just, I, I really feel because
3: of the social media world we live in, I've seen it time and time again. People say, say stuff just to create a buzz around them and it's like but is this really
0: how you want to be known like
1: yeah it's bill maher
0: as long as they're known it doesn't matter The it doesn't matter the transport there you don't get it he loves
1: it he relishes in this crap he's no better than a bill o'reilly like he just loves the when the conversation is about him and how he can go on his show and in his delivery talk about how he's the persecutor? one, like my impression, I thought it was pretty good. You, <laughs> like, you,
0: you almost, you almost wonder if he really, it, and just like Bill O'Reilly, you wonder if he
1: actually believes what he's saying half the time. He's a huckster. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he he don't so, care. Like, he's so cynical. Like, it's like, he's like the definition of postmodernism. like wrapped up in one <laughs> surly bastard. I hope he gets visited by three ghosts this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I,
3: I,
0: that totally, is, totally unreal. The three, he, he, I'm sorry, he'll, he, the three ghosts would be the three hosts of Fox of um was it the Morning
1: Fox Show? <laughs> oh, Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would that would torture him. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh my ghosts. god! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> this is a great idea. Um, kind of related but not
3: related to Stan Lee. I, I saw this other article. It just made me, reminded me of the same situation. Um Andy Duncan are you familiar with his work? Either I am not. Who? He's a he's an American sci-fi author, right? Okay. And uh he was on a a podcast um Geek's Guide to the Galaxy uh over the weekend and he he basically said that Tolkien was a racist. Because in the Lord of the Rings uh books the orcs are mistreated. They're
1: Oh my god. Aren't the orcs a bad guy? Yeah. But, but, but it's just
3: this one race. And this race is, is uh you know, this race is being treated different than the other races.
0: Are they was evil? he identifying as an orc? Does he <laughs> identify as an orc? It's like, I don't, It's one of those, I don't
3: understand. Like, and, and like, I saw, I've seen like three or four articles on this already. And it's just like, it's an asinine comment, but it feels like, yeah, I'm making this comment <laughs> so that I can get my name trending out
1: on social media. You know, like. There's a guy in pro wrestling by the name of Eric Bischoff who wrote a book about 15 years ago called Controversy Creates Cash. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned if the man ain't right about yeah. it. Alright, what's something
3: we can say uh, that's really outrageous in this episode, guys? Oh god, that, that's what I do every week. <laughs> the Earth is flat. Been uh, there. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then...
0: Pandas will drink your soul.
1: <laughs> see, but then you... Clowns in horror are overrated. Clowns and in horror are overrated. In horror are horror overrated and overdone. Man, I put that on my author Facebook page once and I got people mailing me like angry that I really? dare speak out yeah that like I said maybe we should rest on clowns and horror stories yes. and whoop, woo said I feel a backlash you know what unpopular just, opinion
0: just just tweet back to them the, the a link to killer clowns oh from outer God. space that'll shut them up
3: I think the only good horror movie with a clown in it is
1: it so I agree with I agree with you on that but there's a lot of them there's a, that's a oh trope. I know it's a trope yeah ugh <sighs> that's how but that's how many there are oh i brought it back to bill Maher talking about about horror clouds.
0: <laughs> oh <sighs> yeah and then and thus the circle is closed and
3: then and then there are people like army hammer who i don't think his comment was intentionally a bad thing i think it was he tweeted something without thinking about it how it sounded and that is you've, you guys have heard this story right?
1: You know, mm. I, I, yeah, I'm just reading okay. it right now. Um, so I was curious to hear what an American, how an American blue blood pushes his opinion upon the rest of us and grazes us with his thoughts. <laughs> um, you guys know that Army Hammer is the the great grandson of Armand Hammer, as in like the soap, the, the, not soap, the uh, um, baking soda billionaire magnate. <laughs> True story. <laughs> um, but, but the wasn't it cruel cool that his parents named him Army? It's Armin, <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's not Arm, like the Armand Hammer comes from the name of Armand Hammer, was the dude's uh. name. It's a fam. It's a fam. Like I said, he's an American blue blood. It makes me sick. He's like a DuPont. Um, anyway, uh, I think I get what he was trying to say, which is similar to what I just said, is you made it about you. But I think that it's, I don't think he got it. You know, if people enjoyed him and his presence and his work, they'd want to get pictures taken with him and care about him too. But nobody does, so he doesn't <laughs> understand it. Ah. Uh.
3: So no one posts no one sharing pictures they took with Army Hammer because no one's enjoyed his work.
1: <laughs> no. Name one good thing the man has been in. I liked Lone Ranger. You lied, no I, one liked it. I liked it. I I did you like Johnny, liked Johnny too. Did you like Johnny Depp or did you like him? Johnny Depp. Yeah, no, everyone likes Johnny Depp and everything, even when he's being kinda of racist, maybe. Yeah. With a dead bird tied to his head for some reason. Like but I mean, he's like Lone Ranger, and he's playing like fifth fiddle in that movie.
0: This is true. Compare it, it, behind Johnny Depp, and then all the uh villains, and the horse, and the ho- yeah, the horse upstage definitely.
3: <laughs> all right, I will give you that. He was definitely upstaged by a horse.
0: Well, he was kind of the wet blanket. I mean, they they went too far with the white bread good guy from the from the. Forties and fifties, you know. When the
1: when the movie is about you and you are the least interesting character in the exactly. movie, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, no, I will give you that, and I think,
3: no, I think John's really onto something. Is they tried to make him the the stereotypical white hat from the forties, fifties, sixties, and audiences really don't want that anymore.
0: Yeah, it's no. that, kind of like. Way passe. <laughs> so, <sighs> all right, so uh, speaking of comic books,
1: <laughs> so, so anyway, remember those?
3: Um, so, but I will say this, he also did apologize for his comment, so I will give him that, you know. Blue buds can see the error of their way,
0: maybe if you staple gun into their forehead, maybe.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't really know if I want to talk about this because I'm kind of over this whole thing. Uh, we've addressed. I addressed it on
1: our website, and the Stan Lee is racist yeah. thing. Yeah, it's stupid. Everyone knows that's not true. Yeah,
0: my God. Yeah, con- considering his body of
1: work and the statements you know. he's made in the past, there's just no right. way. Right. I oh, mean, I'm sorry. There's no way. Especially when the when you take the out of context. What? No. No. I mean, like anyone, like it's the comic skate guys trying to rewrite what the man said to to be one of them, and like that. No, no, no. No, no, let's, we're gonna let this one okay. lie. This yeah. is BS.
0: That's not, it's not, don't, yeah, don't give it any oxygen.
3: All right. If you, if you want to know my whole opinion on it and the history of why he's not, there is an article on our website. So check it out.
1: Um, and it's the best, it's the best thing I've ever read from you, quite honestly. Oh my God. Was Thank good. Thank you. I, I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. I meant to tweet you about that, but I forgot. All right. So moving on to happy
3: news um in a unexpected uh trailer release the, they we've gotten the once upon a deadpool trailer um, that was released the most confusing
1: re-release of a movie ever what did you guys see it and what did you think i think it's incredibly well written borderline genius um, i don't know how they're going to make it work but i absolutely love the framing device. So you make – they're doing – it's 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 the Princess Bride, clearly with Fred Savage, mixed with misery. Yes. With Deadpool.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> I, I think if they keep going in this direction, they're going to – I mean they are basically writing themselves into a corner. They, they can't keep
1: getting better like this. <laughs> you know?
0: They, they literally can't.
1: I think they can't because they're about to come under the, the auspices of one Kevin Feige. So I think it could get better. Oh, I mean, I'm still confused on why they're doing this. mean, I'm get, i with you. Like, what's the reason for this? Because they
0: can and because, well, Ryan Reynolds, I guess. I mean.
1: But, I mean, the movie made what it made. They're not making a different movie. Like, I would get if they did this for, like, a Blu-ray release or, like, an Amazon Prime thing. But to re- re-release the whole thing? Weird. Yeah. It's very weird. And and they have to rework it so that it's PG thirteen
3: and and
1: a holiday. Well, I think that's why I think that's why they need the framing device, because they realize if they cut all the R stuff, the movie doesn't really have much to hold it together. But if you reframe it as with the narration thing where it becomes a little bit more like the Princess Bride where, because if you take out the, the Peter Falk Fred Savage stuff from the Princess Bride, it doesn't it doesn't really work as a narrative on right. its own. So I think whoever came up with that idea is stroke a genius.
3: Well, they were stroking something alright.
1: Um Bello. I did not include this
3: article. Um, but I'm oh. hoping speaking of Ryan Reynolds, I'm hoping you guys have seen the Detective Pikachu trailer.
0: Oh my god, I need to see that that movie. <laughs> I
1: and the, I'm, the, go ahead, I, sorry.
0: the 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 reaction videos on YouTube for people watching that, I I I have a, a bunch of uh reaction channels that I, I that I watch the reactions were like some of them weren't expecting it to be live action some of them were ex- were expecting mario brothers you know um and uh everybody looks like they're very very pleasantly surprised and and awaiting to see what it what the whole movie's going to be like but it looks
1: damn good did, did you see it jd oh yeah yeah i was going to say that i i kind of missed the um the, the pokemon thing like i'm just old enough to have missed it and not quite gotten it but i have some younger friends that when when Pokemon Go was a thing a few years ago, like life stopped for them, right? And they and I tried to play, it. I'm like, let's see what the the hassle is. I I kind of got why it could be a lot of fun, but I never had the connection to it. Seeing this trailer made me kind of go, whoa, this looks like a lot of fun, and I think that I kind of got it a little bit more where I've struggled to get it for years and years.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I personally was never into Pokemon, but I have two kids that were both really into it, so. So I, I get it. In matter of fact, my son, who is sixteen, will be seventeen in April, was like, Oh my god, that was so good. I can't wait to see this movie. And I found like when they said Ryan Reynolds was going to do the voice of Pikachu, I thought he was just going to do um uh, you know, the the I am group from uh uh Van Diesel, you know. Right like, he right, just said I am yeah. group, so they would just get Ryan Reynolds saying Pikachu in a hundred different ways, but no, that was a cool device, like this one guy can understand what he's saying.
0: well, that's the premise of the video game too, from what I understand. Okay. I haven't played it myself, but what i what I've heard is is that the, you know the whole thing is that the the detective guy he's the only one who can understand exactly what Pikachu says, you know, so the thing is that Pikachu can talk to other Pokemon and find out what they know. And that's what makes it so good as a detective story is because they, he, they, they can get information that normal humans can't get. Cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I think
3: yeah. so. I think your, your son's probably going to love it.
1: A little young, but I mean, like when he gets older, I imagine like he's, he's not even three yeah. yet, So I mean, like we, um we, we debated taking him to see the Grinch, but he can't sit still for more than like 10 minutes at home, let alone to sit at movie theater. Yeah. Same with me. <laughs> so you're telling me this is what I have to look for? Yes.
0: To. <laughs> Always. Um alright, so moving on. When your prostate starts to go. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid holding on. Uh, so yes,
3: we'll, we'll definitely check that out. Um uh, and last but not least on the Marvel front, uh, there are, um reports that Marvel may have found their Replacement done for the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, franchise. <sighs> um,
1: Kevin Feige, Travis Knight. <laughs> oh, so you said this, this, and I had to look up who he was because the name did not click with me uh-huh. at all. And I get—I mean, it, kinda, we talked about—we talked before how Feige likes to hire these rather untested filmmakers and um, kind of keep them in the Marvel. You almost treat it like TV. We hire showrun—we the showrunner runs in, and the, the director comes in, and just does the movie, and moves on. Mm-hmm. So this kind of fits in there. I mean, the guys me. One movie. It's not even out yet. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's
3: worked as an animator on Caroline, uh, Paranormal, and Coraline. Cor- Cor- oh. Kubo
0: Car- the two Strings,
1: The Box Cor- Trolls, Cor- Coraline, and Paranorman. Right.
0: Yeah, and these are all like these. It, like I didn't see Box Trolls, but Paranorman, Kubo, and Coraline, um, are all yeah, top notch. I mean, yeah, but
1: he was an animator right. on it. Yeah, like he's he's got. He did great work, but it wasn't
0: his movie. Right, but it, it gives you, I mean, it's not like, you know, it, it could have been like, yeah, he was in, involved with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which, you know. And so it, was George Clooney, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, but what I'm saying is that you know, at least he's got a good body of work behind him where he probably knows the right things to do and not wasn't taught the wrong things.
1: That's a good point. I mean, it's not like he came up underneath um, Roger Corman. Although Roger Corman wound up shepherding some good directors, but like I True. said i want to see I want to see Bumblebee before I make this decision because the last well all of these Transformers movies have been really bad, right, and they've been progressively worse yeah uh, i know this this
0: this one's supposed to turn it around, but mm, I don't know
1: you know me and John Cena I'm gonna see it mainly because I have a soft spot for the Transformers in my heart. And I let them, it's like I'm in a jilt, like I'm a, I'm in a negative relationship with, with a film franchise where I know it's going to hurt me, but I keep coming back on the hope that maybe they'll get it right this time. He still, he still loves me. Like that is the perfect, perfect description. description. Yeah. And, and now I feel like it. Now I feel horrible for making that joke and <laughs> trivializing that. I feel terrible saying that out loud. Um, so I'm going to apologize in advance, but. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Ironic that I made that bad
3: joke of the James Gunn thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're the jilted Transformer lover. Uh, um, I agree, though I do want to see Bumblebee before I make any decisions about this guy's directing ability. Um, and again, it just seems like Guardians is so far off at this point. Um, who knows? And again, this isn't, like, a definite thing. This was just, like, they've had meetings with him. It looks like he's going to take over, but it's not a quite a done deal yet. So.
0: Well, we can hope that it might make it through. I, I don't know. I mean, do you think
3: it's uh, an idea of getting someone young so that they can guide them towards what they want out of the movie?
0: I hope that's not what it is, because you know that's that would be bad because we we want we want more input, right? I mean, every time, take all of the bad trilogies that we've ever seen, right? The more input the studios had, the worse things got. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you know, like Matrix, Ghostbusters, you you name it, even.
1: Well, are, I, I are guess, we sure about Matrix? I mean, it seemed like the more the more um, leeway the Wachowskis had, the the worse off it was. Like I'd argue, Matrix is an argument for for studio intervention.
0: Well, that the more the, I guess what am I trying to say? The the more things are are uh, see now. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. It breaks down, but I don't know. It just
3: you know what's an even better argument for uh, studio intervention. The Star Wars prequels. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have needed that, right? Right. I mean, Otherwise- like, it's, well, I think I think it's better now. Like, it's not like in the '90s when when these studios were filled with dudes that just had marketing degrees and wanted to sell toys. I mean, now these these studio execs are all writers, so I do think that that you get notes and things are 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 more workshops. Like Marvel being the best example of it. Like they always build in time for reshoots, and they always say, "Oh, you know, this didn't work as well as we thought it did. Let's go back and fix it." And oftentimes it works. I mean, like Rogue One was saved from by reshoots and you know people continuously messing and, and not just accepting what was there. Not so much Solo, but Rogue One. Hmm. So,
3: speaking of um, studio execs and just wanting to sell toys, how many pretty and pink toys did you guys have when you were kids? I was like two. <laughs> John. Pretty in
0: pink toys? (laughs) Is that even a thing?
3: But you know what is a thing? Uh, The CW has cast their Lex Luthor for Supergirl. And uh,
1: it's John Cryer. Or Ducky. Oh, my God. So John Cryer also was uh, Lenny Luthor in Superman 4, The Quest Uh for Peace. Oh, my God. A movie that most comic fans would like to forget ever happened. (laughs) which just goes to prove you either die a hero or live long enough to see, to become the villain Or the villains. The villains
3: are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, <laughs> I not going to hold much hope for that. Do, do, do <laughs> you guys have any remembrance of him being in any role where he played the heavy or was menacing no. in any way? No,
1: no, not at all. That being said, I'm sure they just didn't give it to him. They're like, oh, John Cryer, that guy screams Lex Luthor. I'm sure they had to do some type of an audition or something, or he came to them with a take on it. Like, I I have to believe they just didn't go, yeah, Alan from Two and a Half Men, that's Lex Luthor. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> that's the thing, too.
3: Had- yeah, he had to have had yeah. some kind of incredible audition because... He does currently have the stink of two and a half men on him. Like, not, not that there was anything wrong with the show. I mean, I like the show, but like, that's not the guy you want playing
1: like Snoother. <laughs> no. No. That's what, that's why I think that there's something, I want to hold out hope because these things are usually still well done that, especially casting. Like, I want to hold out the hope that they see something that we don't. And actors aren't, you know, actors always like to say they want to spread their wings and they can do more than you think they can do. So I am willing to say, okay, let's see what he can do. That being said, this is a, uh, it's going to be a big stretch for him.
0: Yeah, unless he can pull a Michael Keaton, like, you know, what Keaton did with with the Vulture right. character, I, I don't. See, and I Michael Keaton him. can pull, Michael yeah. Keaton can pull
1: like menace, like out of yeah. a hat when you least expect it. Right. I mean, and he's, he's got John a career. Cryer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton had a career where, you know, he could do comedy and then come back and do some like super heavy drama. So I don't think anyone who knows Michael Keaton should have been surprised that he was awesome and homecoming. Yeah. But Michael Keaton or John Cryer ain't Michael Keaton. No, not at all. I'm going to, I'm curious. I'm going to go to his IMDb real quick. I want to see if there's one thing in his resume that makes me go, yeah, let me see this. Because remember when they casted Eisenberg as, as Lex Luthor, we all kind of went, okay, Zuckerberg, I can see it. We didn't get that, but <laughs> we all kind of mm. got it. Mm. Yeah.
3: Well, we got it when we heard no, the news. I did, I, huh.
1: yeah. did you guys know he plays Felix Faust on Justice League Action? I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. I did not know that. So He's got a lot of stuff that I don't know what it is.
0: There's a lot of robot chicken, too, apparently. Yeah, I've been looking through this. I don't see anything. I'm, I'm not going to hold out much hope. Unless, unless in like NCIS he was playing a bad guy and I haven't seen those episodes, but I, I got nothing. So.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. There's nothing on here that makes me go, yeah. So the only, the only thing I can think of is
3: doing a take on Lex Luthor where his, Public persona is an unassuming businessman. Like, he's somebody you look at and you're like, there's no way he's up to anything, menacing or evil. And then behind the scenes, he's got all this stuff they already,
0: Yeah, but they already
1: know he's been doing menacing. Maybe not. It depends on how they choose to to execute it this week. Let me throw something out. Would anybody really think that Hal from Malcolm in the Middle could be the most menacing villain in television history? No, mm. no. So maybe, maybe, maybe he's got something we just don't see. Yeah, I still want to see him as Lex <laughs> Luthor. You know, I me mean, neither. But um, but I think that uh, I tell you what I'm, I don't really watch Supergirl, but I'm, I'm really curious about this one.
0: Well, that's the thing in the Supergirl mythos, he's already been put in jail. He's already been put away, so they already know that he's, he's
1: right. Right. No, I, you're
3: you're right. I, I forgot about that oh. that aspect of it on the show.
0: So yeah that's what i'm saying and and uh, yeah i don't oh well
3: maybe he I mean, maybe he will play him as flamboyantly gay
0: oh, God. nothing wrong with that <laughs> well that would explain how angry his sister is exactly. on the show. exactly
3: there you go <laughs> this is why he got all the attention from dad uh.
0: well this is why she wears the pants in the family <laughs>
3: Uh, sorry. I don't know. I, I just what? can't <laughs> he doesn't screen well, menacing
0: me. I... Yeah.
3: Not somebody that yeah, Superman he's... would consider a, a formidable foe. And like they did talk about that on the show already. Like he's one of his greatest mm-hmm. enemies, so it's like Yeah, yeah. Well and that's the other thing too, like the age difference. Um I mean, John Cryer's in, what, his 50s? Yeah. And they got a pretty young guy playing Superman on that
1: show, so... Well, I always thought there sh I mean, like, I don't know, like, the... the I always preferred my Lenin my Thor to be old yeah. than Superman, because I kind of want to think that he's been at it a lot longer. And it was Superman that exposed him, finally. Yeah. Like, I've never been a big fan of the idea that they went to... They're both from Smallville. <clears throat> okay. Let, let's just hope we don't
0: get Batman v. Superman... Lex Luthor, you know, who had his
1: DNA mixed up with the Joker, apparently. Or <laughs> so, like I said, man. I mean, that should have been that should have been spot on. Like if he'd have played him like he did Zuckerberg, but like been yeah. a little bit more menacing, we could have had something. But instead, we got the Riddler. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Riddler on acid. Uh, speaking these. Of, of
0: man.
3: Um, for the CCE2, uh Margot Robbie has released the. Official title of the prey movie, or the full title? Um, did you says this is? This is I have "Pray Love." This is the most ridiculous. If this is true, this if this was on the official DC uh, Twitter, um, this is the most ridiculous movie title ever: "Birds of Prey," and the Fantabulous Emancipation of
1: One Orphan. Are they
0: trying I- to Deadpool this? <laughs>
1: I think if – well, if there's a character you can – It's Harley. It's Harley Quinn. Like they, maybe they finally figured out that they have a Deadpool and Harley Quinn. So the title is clearly supposed to be open. the top, right? That being said, I think this this right here makes me feel pretty good because the thing – there's a lot to hate about Suicide Squad. But the thing I hated the most is that they, they – the way they portrayed the Joker and Harley Quinn. I can where people are like – I had to like, I was talking to young kids and they're like, oh yeah, Joker and Harley Quinn, that's like the relationship. And like, okay. they didn't get it that, she, that she's, uh, she's abused, like she's psychologically and physically abused. So I think that just based on this title, that's going to be addressed and it's going to be, um, a little bit more close to what the characters would be. And this, it's going to bring her a little closer to what her comic version is. So I actually see a lot of hope with this. Okay. But you know, people are not going to say that full title. They're not supposed to. I think it's a gag. They're gonna call it Brad oh. No one called it Superman Batman Superman the Dawn of Justice. That is true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um I mean I I, I agree too that it maybe at least with the aspect of Harley Quinn, uh, they're definitely going in a more humorous direction with her. Um
1: you know, as humorous as you can get with someone like that. Uh like a dark yeah. humor, like and you got a great you got a great actress that can do it. She was she was the only thing worthwhile in that in in Suicide Squad. So you know why not steer into the skid? Go with what works. Yeah.
3: All right, I'll, I'll I'll hold out hope for, uh, Burgess. Right? We still don't even know how it fits into the whole DC universe at this point. Anyway,
1: I don't think there is a DC universe. We've talked yeah. about they're just going to do like movies. You know, I like think they're better off when they try to make things work. They don't. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh one movie we hadn't heard anything on in a while, uh other than a brief update given by Ezra Miller, is the Flash movie. Um
0: I think it got flashpointed out of existence.
3: And basically what he said <laughs> when talking about it uh in an interview with Playboy was nothing is ever certain in this world, but as certain as things can get, we're making a FA sequel movie. It's one of my great life dreams and just the fact that we're on the way Anyone who knows about Barry Allen knows he may arrive late, very late. But once he gets there, it's all solved. They have to trust. That sounds to me like an actor who still desperately wants to do this movie, but the studio's like, "Yeah, you will get to it eventually."
1: Yeah, well,
0: it's also because Ezra Miller has some—he's uh, got commitments with Fantastic Beasts, right? The third, the third movie. Okay, so the, he's shooting that in July of twenty nineteen. Which means that, you know, it, it, I mean, so basically, they can't release Flash Movie 2020 at, at the earliest because he won't be available to shoot until, you know, to shoot in
1: time to get it out next year. So I read this and I think to myself, methinks thou doth protest a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I agree with you 100%, Dave. I don't think this movie's happening. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I, I think They really wants to play the Flash again. But, I mean, like I said, they just don't know what they're doing with their movies right now. They're going to see what's happening with it. I mean, there's no need for a Flash movie at you, the moment. You, you don't think this is going to I'm sure it's part of definitely. I think I read this and I see a guy really want to make this movie. But I don't think I mean, like, they haven't announced anything. They had they were going to do Flashpoint and that went bye-bye. They were going to do a regular movie. They announced a the cast and that went bye-bye. Like, there's just nothing at this moment that tells me this movie is going to happen.
3: Yeah, and I, I, and in Ezra Miller's defense, I think some of it has to do with, you know, Buzz Online stuff. I mean, we've even said it on this show and we've talked about it. Like, there is a Flash that's currently on TV that people love. Like, mm-hmm. of all the DC shows, like, a lot of people still really like the Flash show. You know, like, even people have given up on Arrow. Still watch Flash, you know. This is because true because it is the campy comic book TV show that you want. You know, it's just enough camp, and the right and,
0: and the writing is good, and they have good overarching stories, and the actors are. You can still tell that the actors love what they're doing, uh-huh. and they they work well together, and it's just you know, there's really nothing to, to dislike about it at this point.
3: So, so I don't know if that's making them hesitant. But, you know, movies are a different animal. They reach a larger audience, so, I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like they, they're, Warner Brothers has got so afraid to pull the trigger on different projects that this one they've kind of just put on the back burner, and unless something comes out of, out of like, an idea that's like, oh my god, we have to do this, we know this is going to work, you know, it's just going to sit there.
0: Maybe if Ryan Reynolds backed it.
3: <laughs> we'll have him return as Green, Arrow, uh, Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and him and Flash could do a team up movie.
0: Ooh. That would go no, though. No, you
3: let Ryan Reynolds make the Green, Arrow, uh, Green, Lantern, Green Lantern movie he wants to make.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it works for
1: Deadpool. The one he'd want to make would have Deadpool coming in. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh. Uh. Hey, hate to change the subject, but did you guys hear that Hugh Jackman has a big announcement coming up Thursday?
3: No. You're thinking Wolverine?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think that's what most of us are going to think. And, like, I don't think you make a big deal about this if you're going to go back on Broadway or something like that, you know? Like, what, what would Hugh Jackman need to be that cloak and dagger about? Birth of his,
3: his wife's maybe pregnant again?
0: He he's, he's going back to Broadway for Ms. Rob.
3: They'll uh-huh. <laughs> be doing The Greatest Showman on Broadway oh, I God. don't know
1: no. <laughs> I mean like Let's let's say maybe uh, Maybe we're going to get a Wolverine In the MCU Nothing's been announced for the future See do- you
3: on Thursday On the Today Show For an exclusive announcement I'm sure that's not just him trying to get
1: people to watch the Today Show Why would you get people to watch the Today Show? Like, if you're Hugh Jackman. Well, that's true. And make a big deal. And, like, what kind of exclusive... I mean, like, it could be... I mean, like, I hope he... Unless he comes on and says, look, this has nothing to do with Wolverine, he's going to depress a lot of people. Based on... Let's let's check his Twitter feed to see if he has said that. it doesn't seem to. (laughs) Nice. I I don't know. does make you wonder. I'm curious. Like... We'll see.
3: All right. I'm time for an unpopular opinion. Later. Uh, if they're going to bring the X-Men,
1: well, they are going to bring the X-Men into the MCU. I don't want Jackman. You know, I actually kind of agree with you. Uh, I don't want, I should say, I don't really want this version of the X-Men. Right. But, but that being said, I would make an exception if they were going to try to do something. I'd be willing to entertain it more than anything else. You know, like, um, I would, if I got only one, like if I had all that whole X-Men universe and I got one draft to bring over into the MCU, I would take Wolverine. Cause I do think that it took them a little while, but I do think that Hugh Jackman eventually embodied what the character was. So, so,
3: yeah. I mean, I will say this. There is one thing that I think every diehard Marvel fan wants. And they tried it once and screwed it up royally. And that is Deadpool versus Wolverine on the big screen.
0: Oh, yeah, but that doesn't that. exist anymore. Deadpool just erased it. Remember? Oh, that's true. It's right.
3: He went back and thought, <laughs> and he said all of that was canon. So
0: yeah, that's true.
3: So he erased that that fight. Mm. <sighs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah,
1: they <laughs> can pretend it
3: never existed now. I like to pretend it never existed. Alright, all right. so if you're listening to this show before Thursday, what do you think the big announcement's going to be, and what are you hoping for? And do you agree with J.D. and I that maybe it's time to move to a new version of the actor? Um, maybe
1: he's taking Wolverine Dead to Broadway. Oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 Wolverine Disney on <laughs> No! Oh, God, I want to no! see that. <laughs> no!
0: No! <laughs> oh, God.
3: You just gave me ideas for artwork for this week. So, anyway. uh, <laughs> uh Wow. Oh, I, I almost forgot. Uh, a couple of little things I wanted to uh, mention. Um, uh, f- I actually... I was going to mention this at the top of the show when we talked about what we did for the week and uh, forgot. I... I uh, had an impromptu conversation with a friend of mine today. Um some people might know who he is, uh JG Jones. Um uh-huh. and uh for those who are fans of his, I'm sure you're aware he announced uh earlier this year that he um is stepping back from comics for a while because he has a medical issue that he is taking care of. Um he essentially has a rare form of uh bone cancer and uh we were just like chatting on, on my way home from work, we were just chatting on Facebook and, uh, he is, uh, his spirits are up. He's doing well right now. Um, he has had a, a bone graph and, uh, um, it has it 65 days ago and it hasn't been rejected. And, uh, his doctors good. say he's on target. So, uh, he doesn't know I was going to share this information, but I was so glad to hear that he's doing good. um, so, I mean, yeah, like I have mentioned this before. He he lives in my neighborhood, like I've known him for years. He's a really good guy other than being a, a very talented artist and uh um I haven't talked to him in a while, so it was like really cool that he just started messaging me out of the blue cuz cause cause he had a notification pop up from an old mess uh conversation we had and he was you know, sent me these question marks and he's like, "This seems like an old conversation." And I'm like, "It is." And then we just started talking. So, um so yeah, so was it a f-
1: okay. Facebook yeah. thing? Uh, that's a that's all that that's a bit of thing. Like Facebook's been sending people notifications about old messages. Yeah. So and no,
3: weird. So um, so actually, uh, what I really want to say is, if you're a fan of his and uh, um, you follow him on Facebook and whatnot, like just you know message him, you know, maybe just on his page or whatever. Just say you're thinking about him. You hope he's doing well. Um, because he's uh. He's, what's the word I'm looking for? He can't leave his house, uh, cause his immune system is compromised because of everything he's going through. Um, he's quarantined. Quarantine, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So he's quarantined right wow. now. Wow. Um, so, you know, I think it would help him if people just said they were thinking about him, you know,
1: just, just, just a little thing. I met, I got to meet him, um, in Chicago in 2009. Yeah. The last time I went to the Chicago Comic Con, it was the only time, that was the only show I ever went out of my way to meet creators. Uh-huh. I'm not very, I don't know. I just don't like being big shows like social anxiety kind of kicks in. And he couldn't have been nicer. And we had a nice conversation because it was a small, it was a slow day at the show. And he told me about this creator owned idea he had. And it sounded really awesome. It's been a decade. So I guess I never really got off the ground. But what a good dude, man. What a really good, super talented guy.
3: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, Oh, (laughs) that's how we actually became friends was, uh, I didn't realize he lived in the area, but I would go to shows and he loves to just draw while he's at shows. And I would just sit and watch him the entire time. And then we would just start talking, you know, because I was standing there watching him draw. So, uh, yeah, super talented. Um, and, uh, so also one last thing, and this is just a weird aside. Okay. Um, we got a message on Twitter, right? From Sarah Womack And Yeah So The message is She just says Hi there I won this signed and framed Spidey comic From a charity silent auction last week And was wondering what you thought it might be worth
1: Um It says Excelsior
3: (sighs) uh, Stanley Excelsior Stanley Thanks Sarah And then She has Ten capes Um And then she Showed me a picture of it. And um so, so Sarah, first off, I'm not an appraiser. I'm not gonna sit here and try to figure out what your book might be worth. I'm not gonna even say this or that. I have one signed comic from Stan that I will never part with. Like, it's it's a crown jewel in my collection, right? Um if you're one of those who are like, oh, he's dead now, I'm gonna try to sell this, you're trying to profit off his death. I, I find that kind of disgusting. Like, obviously you're not a fan. Why did you buy this? And,
0: well, a lot of people do that. They speculate, especially when they know that somebody's going downhill and eBay was flooded with, with memorabilia the day it happened. That's just, that's and uh, some people's business. Um, I mean, and the only thing is
3: I looked at it and it, it, it looks like a good forgery to be quite honest with you. Ooh. It doesn't quite uh. look right. So, if you're listening to the show, Sarah, I'm sorry. Your best bet is to take it to um, an a- someone an authenticator, an authenticator um, <sighs> before you do anything with it because I don't think it's an actual uh Stanley signature. It's a close but there's just a couple things that look off about it. So,
0: if she if she won it, she won it from what a silent auction yeah, set a, or something? A or, charity
3: auction. So she
1: can it. Charity. can ask the people from that where they
3: got it from. Yeah,
1: so. usually when you get those things, there's like a certificate of authenticity or something like that that comes with it.
0: And if it's like that big, maybe even a chain of custody or something like that, they know who's had it. Well, and it's when. A, it's
3: a it's a fairly um, new book. It was Spider-Man: Legend of the Sh- Spider Clan um which mm-hmm. is only a few years old so it seems like it's something like was signed specifically for a charity but i mean who knows it, i i could be wrong in my suspicion but again um you know i'm not i'm not an appraiser i don't think uh, i don't think you should try to flood ebay with something else but to each their own next week next week on
1: Speculator speak <laughs> <laughs>
3: Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. So, so yeah,
1: that's what I. It's had. not really. It's not really what we do. No.
3: Um, we're. we're a, this is a little need to get some of these interviews out, so we're gonna add one on real quick, John. Uh, this is a fairly short one. Uh, Matthew Emin? How do you say his last name?
0: Matt, Matthew Emin. Uh, which one Lost, is this? Lost Souls. This was. Oh, Lost Souls, guys. He's a a, a re a re interview, I guess. Um, I have to, I have to look at my notes. I didn't have my notes up. I'm I'm horribly not so I, I, badly.
3: See, this is why I send an email before we record.
0: Matthew Erman. Oh, I don't have it. A... It's Matthew.
3: Uh, okay. Yeah, it's. I don't have the R the... written down. Sorry.
0: Yeah, oh, um, Lost Souls. This is, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a really good comic book. the The art is very stylized okay. and 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 somewhat dark and foreboding. I would I would say, and uh, it's it's kind of horror. I uh, you, I don't know. You have to you have to read it. You have to listen to what he says about it. Um, because he, he'll explain it much better This book sounds awesome It does it Alright,
3: so let's let's hear what he had to say while we were at New York Comic Con
0: Okay, so John O'Grady, Superheroes Speak, New York Comic Con 2018, last day on Sunday We're all exhausted, but we are still finding People very much worth talking to And I am here with
2: uh, I'm Matthew Erman. I'm the writer and co-creator Of Long Lost, which is a Horror series with Scout Comics Cool
0: we found you because you're standing next to the Stabity Bunny people who are yeah. friends of the show, and uh, I'm here to get my fix. <laughs> uh, but you, your story, Long Lost, was recommended to me. So you want to yeah. go over a little bit about the premise?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Long Lost, um, it's a story that I created with my uh, wife, Lisa Sterl, who's the artist. Um, and it's about two estranged sisters that find their way back together to go back to their uh, southern hometown called Hazel Patch to figure out what happened to their missing mom. Um, it's really uh, a surrealistic horror in the vein of David Lynch and Junji Ito's uh, horror manga. Mm-hmm. Uzumaki is a huge influence of mine and Lisa's. Yep. Um, uh, and it's got a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe to it. Uh, tonally, it's fun, it's a little weird, it's it's real spooky, and... Um, uh, it's been a pleasure to work on uh, and I mean not to brag but we did just get options for television with the incredibly talented Jenny Klein
0: now how did that come about that's she followed me on Twitter
2: and I saw an opportunity and I took it so what you got to do
0: <laughs> so when when you say television like uh, a series or a movie that's or? the
2: idea we're hoping that it, it uh, she's she's developing it right now um, so we're hoping that it gets picked up somewhere and um she's incredibly talented like i said she's worked on uh jessica jones and cloak and dagger and the nice. new ne- upcoming netflix witcher series which i am uh, hugely looking forward to yeah. so um it's it's super strange and surreal and weird that this has happened for our little book yeah. so and the jessica jones
0: series did really well cloak and dagger i finished watching that was good so um yeah i feel like, like we're in really good, good hands. hands yeah exactly and uh, and like lately, uh, stuff like we've got Sabrina coming out. Mm-hmm. They rebooted Charmed, or not rebooted? They're extending Charmed, right? Yeah, the new series. So it sounds like this, uh, the market for this is. I hope hot so. Right now. Yeah,
2: no, I hope so. I mean, it's always uh, it's always a little strange to to think about that stuff. And Lisa and I weren't necessarily thinking about uh, creating something for TV when we developed Long Lost. It's a it's a passion project that yeah. came from our love of horror and kind of our general disappointment with horror as well sometimes so we wanted to put our money where our mouth was and and make something that really spoke to us as fans of uh... horror and what we wanted to to see and when you say disappointment with horror what do you mean um... so you know we'll be watching a movie and it'll get to the last fifteen thirty minutes and i think sometimes they they either over explain or they kill the vibe or they do something that disappoints me and i I spent so long watching those kinds of movies that are so good all the way through and then have their legs cut out from under them, and I just decided that I can do that. I can write a story that doesn't do that, hopefully, mm. and that's kind of the inception of Long Lost. That was four and a half years ago, almost.
0: Something that doesn't rely completely on jump scares. Exactly. Is that- yeah. Ours
2: is, a, <laughs> ours is a slow burn comic, um, a lot of dread. We like tone. Um, It's monochromatic with a lot of uh, really beautiful color washes. So uh, when you open it up, you'll think it's black and white. But we do put... It is a full color book. So there's a little bit of a surprise in there for people that um, are into that kind of thing. I don't know. We're really inspired by a lot of Japanese horror manga, too. So uh, a lot of that comes from...
0: They usually go more story-oriented and, like you said, slow burn. Yeah. Building up the the horror until... You get that drop for sure, where, man. Whereas most American stuff is, I mean, it
2: just horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> it's like it's just out now. I mean, not to days. not. I mean, not to poo poo <laughs> on anything, but I mean, I I think our story is unique and special, and I think that's why people have responded so well to it.
0: Awesome. Uh, now, something we we like to ask. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is your first work, is it? Yeah, this or? is our
2: this is both of our okay. first published works.
0: Right. So we would like to figure out how you got from hey, you know, I have this idea to, hey, I'm sitting here with the Stabity Bunny guys. I have my own book yeah. and a TV
2: option. <laughs> How did you get from here to there? Well, I mean, it, it's uh, a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. Um, we developed a pitch when we kind of came to an idea that we really liked. Um, before I, do- I I was into comics, I was, uh, I did short stories and prose and poetry and I was on that literary journal circuit for about eight to ten years mm-hmm. um, I Had a little bit of a success there but I wanted to step out of my realm of comfortability and do something new and interesting and I've always loved comics mm-hmm. so it felt like a really natural jump for us and again my wife is an artist so I don't have to pay her a page rate so <laughs> okay so slave labor that yeah awesome.
0: Like did you, and you, uh, for publishing, like, you, you published it yourself? No,
2: um, we pitched it to Scout. Um, Scout. They, they got back to us, mm-hmm. like, within the next couple of days, and we really liked what they told us they were capable of doing, and it really fit. They believed in the idea. They allowed us uh, a lot of creative freedom to tell the story that we wanted to tell, and it really, is a, it really was a perfect fit for us.
0: Yeah. And Scout, being a publishing company that's been handling a lot of stuff here, yeah, uh, Stabby Bunny and a Solar Flare and a few others that are around here now. Um, yeah, I, I, your your wife is the uh, is the artist. Yeah. Hi, I, did you guys meet on the circuit or something? No, 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 any... no. We we
2: we were, we we're from the same town. We grew up in uh, Kettering, Ohio, which is outside of Dayton, Ohio. Um, and uh, she was going to school in Columbus, and she needed a roommate, and we had just uh, started talking, and we had just met, and. I really wanted to get out of Dayton, so yeah. uh, I pounced on that opportunity and moved up and became a roommate. And one thing led to another, and we started dating. And it, yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of neat a writer and, a, and an artist together. It, and I I I will say this until the day that I die: I am the luckiest dude that ever lived.
0: <laughs> and and you're, you're gonna actually get your wife to listen to this too, right? Oh, that's for a, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah that's 100 percent the game plan. <laughs> so uh, what? Hey, how's the New York Comic Con treating you? I mean how, how does it feel to be here with stuff to sell? Have you been to uh this con- is my, this,
2: before? This is my first New York Comic Con. Um my second big con. I did C two E two earlier this year. Oh well, yeah. I tabled okay. an artist alley for that. Um, and this is my first time coming to New York too. So um it was it's been a it's been a learning curve, but I've really gotten the hang of it. It's uh it's a beautiful city. I love this convention, we're a hundred percent going to come back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Lisa, that is. Um, so no, it's 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 been incredible. It's it's been an excellent experience. You see anything
0: around here that you were interested in? Like, uh, I mean, you know, there are some horror things around here. You can ignore that. But like, uh, do you have any uh, preferences for comic books? DC, Marvel? Yeah, no, anything I've, you like?
2: Anything you really like to read? Yeah, I've slugged around a lot of the the booths. I've I've hit up Boom. I've hit up Archie. Um, I think Sourcepoint Press has some really awesome things. Yeah, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have I checked out? Uh, Lion Forge is excellent. They are doing a ton of really rad things. Um, I'm trying to think. I've been, I've seen so much in the past three days. It's, yeah, it's like, a, and it's, it is Sunday. You're kind of in a fog at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, it's it's, a, it's like a big uh, gnarly fog. But um, there are so many quality publishers here. Uh, IDW, 2000 AD. Like, I know I'm just like making a list of things that are here, but they all do incredibly rad things, and a lot of the creators that are working for those publishers are are, are super cool, and uh, I've had a chance to talk with a lot of people that are doing really cool things there too. So,
0: oh, cool. Uh, so, one of the things that I've been contractually obligated to uh, ask as we're ending this up is that uh, one of one of the things we say at the end of every one of our uh, interviews is don't or or whatever shows is don't let your cape get caught in the door for sure and originally it was just a little ending thing now it's come to mean more it means uh don't let things get in your way uh obstacles and such so what are the obstacles that you found on your
2: way to here um just the 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 amount of having to put yourself out there i think that uh hard work is so necessary and it's required and it's a given that you need to put in the hard work but you also need to be humble and have a lot of humility and you have to have a lot of empathy for not only the the your fellow creators but the people that are here checking out your stuff um this is uh this is an emotional business and I think that when you look at it in a way in which you can be inclusive and awesome and and energetic and give people a story that makes them feel good, um, That's a, it requires a little bit of a, a learning curve to, to understand that and get that down. And I'm really happy that I think I've gotten further along that trail. So Excellent. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Well, you can find Long Lost in your local comic book store. Uh, ask, if they don't have it, ask the person who orders to check out previews and carry it. Mm-hmm. Uh, part 2, Issue 3, comes out later this month. Um, and, the the trade paperback is in stores now and, uh, that collects our first six issues and it's a beautiful book and I'd love for everyone to check it out. Awesome. Uh,
0: thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on the TV option. Dude. Thank you so much. Um, If, if you do get that, we're going to come back and talk to you because you'll you'll be famous. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Take care.
3: John, that might be the most fascinating interview you ever gave.
0: You just
3: sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay i to pick up on these things quick, man. Um, yeah. No, but there you go. So that's another one of our interviews from New Yorks. Like, we have been really bad at getting these out. Um, and also, uh, with the release of this, we have a really great, fun interview with Garrett Gunn, uh, creator of Boxmasters, um, which is a comic based on... Uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Slingblade. Um, Billy Bob Thornton's band, um, basically yeah. going around fighting the devil. Uh, so it's a really kooky, uh, uh, horror-ish sci-fi type comic. Um, this was a really fairly long conversation we had with them at New York Comic Con. And of course, friend of the show, Ben Goldsmith, kept chiming yeah. in and asking funny questions while we were doing the interview. Uh So go head over to our Patreon um and check that out. And uh, of course, it'll eventually be released on the show. But for now, uh you can catch it on our Patreon. And that's patreon.com forward slash superhero speak. All right. You guys have anything else you'd like to add this week?
0: Mm, no,
1: I think we're good. <laughs> I really hope Hugh Jackman comes back to play Wolverine. Just
0: one more time.
1: Just one more time. Where you can hang out with Tom Holland's Spider Man and Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. I need that in my life. Okay, you know what? No, I
0: need that in my life too. That's that sounds awesome. Doesn't it?
3: Yeah. I'd rather have a. I'd rather have a younger Wolverine. You want a young? You want a young Wolverine? Yeah, to keep it going for a while. Wolverine Wolverine was
1: never that young. Old. He's never this. He's a hundred and something. But he doesn't look it.
3: you Jackman's starting to look it. Oh, you? Oh, Wolverine looks it.
1: Or something. (laughs) Come on, he's getting old. Damn it.
0: It doesn't matter. I mean, you know,
1: Robert Downey. He's younger than Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah. Of course, you can CGI most of Robert Downey Jr.'s action with Wolverine. It's to be fair, we
1: can CGI anybody's action Oh, now. that is true. Man, this is true. I think yeah. most action might be CGI.
0: And, be and they can
3: CGI out the wrinkles, too, can't they? They do.
1: But oh, I think Wolverine, we, we, you want the, we want the wrinkles. You want the... And i go...
3: You want the... Room. I'm going to go back to the classic argument against Hugh Jackman. He's too damn tall.
1: That argument said bye-bye 18 years ago. Yeah. Wow, he's been Wolverine for 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and and Wolverine is supposed to look like five miles of bad road. I mean, that's, that's – Oh, that's great. Five miles of bad road. Oh, I like that. That's a, I've never heard that phrase
3: before. Five miles of bad road on ice.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> ice. Oh, good. Yeah, you just got their title on it, too, didn't
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> is that something that I just don't know about? Five, five miles, miles of, of bad ice. ice.
0: No no no, he's that's he's he's mixing it up with the, the Wolverine on Ice. No, no, but Oh,
3: so, oh,
1: oh, 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 well done.
3: But but yeah, you've never heard the expression
1: five miles of bad road? No. No, never heard that before. Oh, that's an that's old a, one. That's a cliche didn't make its way out to the Midwest, I think. <laughs> Funny, I think it came from the
0: Midwest. Maybe it's make, maybe it's boomeranging back now. Could be. Uh well when when you're as old as
3: John, uh
0: <laughs> Yes, you've heard a lot. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Uh,
3: and on that note, uh as as John and Wolverine sit in their rocking chairs watching the sunset.
0: I don't have a healing factor, damn it. My knees hurt.
3: <laughs> as I'll just say, thanks for listening. And as always, don't let your cape caught in the door. Have a good week.